Hi, I'm Terry, Instagram's sassy sober mum. Welcome to my podcast, Sober Stories from Everyday People, bringing you stories from people just like you and I. The aim of this podcast is to share our experiences with drinking and how we got and stayed successfully sober. Hello everyone and welcome back to the show. I'm so excited to be recording again after a long break over Christmas and New Year. I hope everybody is doing really well. Yeah, I'm excited about today's show with Jen. Um, It's a really, really, really good show. She has so much wisdom and insight. I think you're going to get a lot from it. Just before we go into the recording, you might have seen that I have launched an online Thrive Sober course. And so this is a course for all you need in terms of achieving long-term emotional sobriety, which is different to just putting the drink down and kind of white knuckling it with willpower. I wanted to read a lovely message that I had earlier in the week. It says, hi Terry, I just wanted to say thank you so much for your Thrive program. I've just completed it and it's given me a real boost in the start of me really giving sobriety a go. I'm only a week in and I thought I'd just do a few weeks, but your course has inspired me to make a permanent lifestyle change and I'm so excited about it. Thank you. And so thank you so much for that feedback. The course is an opportunity to get access essentially to coaching with me, but without the coaching price tag. Um, so please head over to www.sassysobermum.com slash sober program for more information and to sign up and access it. And I've also broken down the price into four installments as well for any of those people that wish to spread the cost of that course. Anyway, let's jump into the episode. Hello and welcome to Sober Stories from Everyday People. Today I'm chatting to Jen who's in Shepparton in Middlesex and she's turning seven months sober tomorrow which is amazing. Thank you for joining me Jen. Um, Thank you. Yeah you're the first person that uh, we're recording uh, since having a few months off so um, yeah I'm excited to get into your story and learn a bit about you. So why don't we jump into uh, a little intro who you are What's your setup, family, etc.? Over to you. Hi, so I'm Jen. Um, I have three children: one three-year-old, one one-year-old, and one three and a half week old, who I will probably be talking about a little bit more in the podcast. Um, I'm in a same-sex relationship, so I had the first child, and then my wife had the other two. Because obviously, if I'd done seven months uh, sober, that isn't you know, as great if I'd been pregnant, but I wasn't the pregnant one. Uh, so I have tried hard. Um, yeah, so I live in Shepparton. I'm an assistant head teacher um, in charge of early years, writing and the arts. Um, I love performing as well. So love sharing that with the children. Um, oh, that's about it, really. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so have I understood that right? You've basically got three children kind of under under school age. 
Under four, yeah. Under four, yeah. yeah, yeah. I did it was a busy Christmas. It was lovely, though. We had a really nice time. But, you know, by your third, you sort of know what you're doing. Although he's a boy. We've got two girls and he's our first boy. So slightly different, but it was a bit <laughs> lovely. Yeah, I know what you mean. I'm a mum of three as well. Uh-huh. And yeah. um, it just kind of, you get used to the chaos, I think. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but a couple of years, we'll push through these couple of years and then it'll all be fine, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. I, I still say that to myself and my, uh-huh. you know, Don't tell like me that. eight and ten. I'm like, <laughs> definitely in a couple of years, they're, they're going to mature more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Um, brilliant. So tell me a bit about your relationship with alcohol. What did that look like for you? Okay. Um, I didn't really start drinking until I was a young adult, really. Um, you know, not like a lot of people in their teenage years started drinking. I never did any of that. I was, again, a lot into performing. So I went to um, a theatre school. So that was long hours and then did dance sort of after school. So I never really had time. Um, college, I didn't really drink. It was sort of the university years um, when it started. Um, and it started off, I would guess, just averagely how people did drink at 18, 19, 20. Um, but then it became such a big part of my life. I was the drinker in the group. So, oh, Jen, you'll have another one or we're going to go and carry on drinking. Do you want to come? I would always be up for that. Always, always. Or do you want to pop out to the pub for a few? Yeah. Um, but then, I mean, I wasn't a great drunk, but also wasn't terrible. But looking at videos, looking at photos, was awful um but I got over it and you know the next time we went out would drink as much again had no stop button so just carried on I wasn't particularly a huge um lightweight um but would never wouldn't know when to stop so just keep going would tell myself oh we'll just have a few but I could never just have a few it was always as much as I could and then it started uh, as I got a little bit older um being every day that's when it started to get a little bit of a problem becoming more of a habit as opposed to it just being social Mm. um again not drinking so much in those sessions but still drinking and relying on it uh for every situation you know when you're happy you want to have a drink to celebrate or when you're stressed you want to have a drink because that might help that or when you're depressed you think it might make you a little bit happier which of course it doesn't in the end um yeah opening a beer when I get home from work looking forward to occasions weddings uh big parties where I knew I could drink for a long time everyone else would be drinking around me so I wouldn't feel so isolated if I was drinking more than others um drank at every opportunity whenever I could you you know pub lunch I'll have a couple of pints while I'm out um so yeah I would say it did become a big part of my life um and a lot of people were were shocked when I told them I'd stopped drinking people have been generally very supportive um so I've been very lucky in that sense um but it was definitely a hard habit to break yeah I can imagine listening to you I felt like I felt like we were similar drinkers uh-huh. To be honest, I yeah. think definitely the way that you were describing 
it just morphed into looking forward to drink after work mm-hmm. that's wind down that's your time to relax yeah especially when the kids are in bed mm-hmm, that's, that's the time for you yeah and having that real enthusiasm and excitement for for the big things that were in the diary just mm-hmm. simply really if we're being honest just because you could drink in an environment where big drinking would be quite acceptable yeah absolutely and you could kind of go a bit under the radar in those mm. situations mm. um because I don't know about you but sort of drinking at home for me I think definitely kind of Wednesday Thursday Friday Saturday I was drinking at mm-hmm. home um if I was on my own I would be able to drink what I want and it would be fine but if there were people around me it would be something I felt more conscious of and Mm. am I drinking too much what are they Mm -hmm. thinking yeah yeah the the judgment yeah judging me about how much I'm drinking or are people making comments and that did happen a few times you know parents um from a caring point of view of course you know should you be drinking this much and when we were on holiday as soon as we went to Tenerife last year and as soon as that clock hit midday right to the bar getting a pint oh come on while I'm on holiday and then Mm. that one point pint then turned into however many and then you'd go out for the evening and have some more um so yeah there definitely is a a judgment around it and like you say on those bigger occasions you knew you were going to be less judged because everyone else was doing it that was the culture yeah yeah that's the thing and I think it's so strange isn't it because it's like talking about the holidays you you're just programmed I think mm-hmm. as a, as a as an over drinker or an, an enthusiastic yeah. drinker I, yeah. I keep using that term yeah I like that <laughs> I felt like I was I was an enthusiastic <laughs> drinker I just I was excited about it I had enthusiasm for it more often than not, I was I, I had those sorts of feelings. And then obviously afterwards, there is that like, oh, God, I wish I'd mm-hmm. drunk so much. And those feelings of like, oh, I wish yeah. I hadn't texted that person, you know. But that wasn't every single day or mm. every week. I just I just got into just a bad pattern with it, bad, a bad habit with it. But Yeah, absolutely. But on those holidays and things, it's just you are programmed to, well, it's midday, <laughs> you know. It's yeah. Simple. yeah. Let's just have a drink. Absolutely. But that always, I don't know about you, but that always caught me off guard, actually. If I drank earlier, I felt like I've definitely had years in my life where I've drunk and I've drunk people under the table and I've Mm. really held my booze. I don't know, maybe towards the end, that wasn't as true as it was. Absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree. Exactly the same. It was almost like you'd have the drink at uh, 12, 1, 2 o'clock, and then you would sort of keep slowly drinking throughout mm-hmm. the day, like, oh, you know, let's have a cocktail now as four or whatever. And let's have a, a beer before we go out for dinner. And I kind of like sometimes I would end up slurring by 8 p.m. Because yeah. I just yeah. couldn't obviously cope with it. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of embarrassing, I think, the sort of slur. Yeah, the slurring. And you think you're perfectly fine in those situations. But yeah, yeah. And it just it. catches up on you. Yeah. yeah. Or you see photos or you see videos and uh, you look back on and you think oh gosh was I really like that yeah yeah fortunately um a lot of my earlier drinking wasn't in the digital age and so uh-huh. uh, and I don't know why but although I feel like I've got quite a lot of sort of slightly drunk photos it's not a lot in the grand scheme you know mm-hmm. but, and mm-hmm. I just don't have very many 
I, I think I deleted one of my Facebook accounts when okay. uh, we went through a breakup in mm-hmm. sort of 2015, and that wiped about 10 years of my okay. life. And so I, I've lost all those sorts of, yeah, with changing phones and stuff. I don't have loads of those mm-hmm. videos, mm-hmm. but I would cringe, I think, if I, yeah, I wouldn't like to see that. Yeah, yeah. But that's, uh, yeah, that's Facebook for you, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, so talk to me about... When did it start to become problematic in the sense that you thought, you know what, I've got to do something about this? Mm -hmm. I've been thinking about it previous to the seven months, sort of six months previously. um, I tried a few times, oh, I'll just moderate. So maybe I'll do one day on, one day off. And then I tried a one day on, two days off. And that would last maybe 10 days, um, and I don't even know how it happened, but the, uh, maybe tried it twice. It just slipped back into the normal habit. And I think when it became so habitual, it needed, like with a lot of habits, it ne- I needed to break it. Um, I think with the third baby coming along, um, I started following you, of course, and lots of other um, Instagram accounts. And I, I mentioned to you when we did a Zoom a long time ago when I just joined Thrive. Um, actually, that I started following you and lots of other sober Instagram accounts. And for people listening out there who are not sober yet or sober curious, it can seem a bit condescending. And you think, oh, you know, I, they seem great, but I could never do that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's too unrealistic. These people mm. aren't real. So you think, oh, yeah, all right, all right, all right. Um, but then I started to believe what everybody was saying. And there were times when I'd, when I'd go to sleep and think, oh, I've drunk too much today. And I was just in the house thinking, this is, why am I doing this? It's become, I don't need to do this. It has become more of a habit than actually a need and potentially even a want um so yeah just went to bed one night and and thought I'm going to stop tomorrow um yeah and like I said previously just using it to deal with every problem and still not you know I'm 35 now still not having that stop button Mm. um you know I need to be an adult now um So I just thought it was time and thought I'd give it a really serious, serious go. Moderating didn't work. So I knew that I had just had to cut it out completely. Yeah. Um, What I think is really interesting about what you were just saying, and the reason I think it's interesting is because I think a lot of people have that feeling or maybe get stuck in that place is Mm -hmm. that you are in that real sober curious phase and you kind of dip your toe into the sober world. And I can totally imagine that it feels really overwhelming at first because there are so many influencers, obviously why I'm one of them, but there's so many, there's just so much, there's so many resources, so many books and a lot of the messaging I think in these accounts, including my own, or that it's just so much better and it's yeah yeah it's amazing and and I can I can really I can really see how that might be off-putting 
um, when you're still really kind of trying to grapple with that decision of, well, is mm-hmm. will this ever be right for me? Because it's yeah, it's so overwhelming in that moment, isn't it? When you're trying to get to that place of like you're realizing this is no good for me anymore. But what do I do about it? That feels really big. And then mm-hmm. you go into this sort of world, which is amazing. And when you get into it, as you know, it, it, yeah. it just yeah. becomes like a second home and you mm-hmm. feel comfortable mm-hmm. there. But in that very beginning phase, it, it's it's frightening. And I, I wonder, what do you think it was that took you or shifted you, should I say, from that, oh, this is overwhelming, possibly, you know, bordering on condescending into mm-hmm, mm-hmm into that place of openness where you thought no I'm just going to try it what was the difference there um I think I joined Thrive maybe just before I was about to start or when I was thinking about it when I was thinking about Sober Curious I maybe joined a week previous and I saw other people's stories and I think being part of a community and seeing you know, normal people, which obviously people on Instagram are, but seeing um, more normal people talking about their stories, explaining how it's difficult or other people coming from the other end, people at all different journeys of um, their sober journey. Yeah. Showed me that it it could be something that I could do. And and I think um, I'm very, very stubborn and I can't be told I have to make that decision so again like I say people were making comment about it a little bit and it was becoming a little bit more often than it had been previously Mm. and so I just thought I had the right people behind me I had the right support that I needed um that I felt strong to to give it a real go yeah I love that I think there yeah seeing um not to quote the podcast for any reason other than <laughs> that, that, that that's the goal of the podcast too mm-hmm. it, what's really what I feel really passionate about is everyday people you know people that yeah. you can look at and you can really relate to because they they are you these mm-hmm. people are mm-hmm. just like you you know they're not media people or authors or other you know just all of that sort of thing and I think that there is there is so much comfort isn't there in that being able to relate to someone's story and think well because then that what that does is it connects you with that hope that well if they can do it then why can't I do it yeah absolutely yeah so you went to bed and um very different very decisive you were like right that's it I'm gonna do it tomorrow yeah yeah that. so what did you do I mean obviously you joined Thrive you mentioned that but what other stuff did you do to support your journey and 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 how did that if I if how did that impact your uh relationship and the mm-hmm. people around you, you know, and all of that stuff? Because I don't know if your partner drinks or or you know, how did mm-hmm. all of that kind of fit together? What did that yeah. mean? Um well I looked a bit on Thrive to see what everybody else was doing. Um got a journal, a nice personalized journal to have a look at. I gave myself a um goal of a month yeah obviously I saw just take each day at a time but I thought no, I need to give myself a little bit longer than that just to really push because back in those days even a month was a huge amount of time to not drink um 
followed more sober Instagram accounts, got some cheesy inspirational quotes to put on the back of my phone. Um, yeah, my, my wife was pregnant, so it, she's not a big drinker anyway. Um, but obviously that was great because we didn't really have any alcohol in the house um, and yeah. she wasn't drinking. So I never had a real issue with that. Yeah. Um, it was a slow start. Um, but the cravings weren't as bad as I imagined they would be. Um, and it took a little while for me to, you know, I didn't shout it from the rooftops, but when I met up with people, I obviously did mention it to them because it's very obvious if I'm not having a drink because I am the drinker. Yeah. My friends were very supportive. Um, family were very supportive as well. Um, so yeah, they just saw it all as a, a really positive thing. Again, you get asked those questions. Oh, well, are you never going to drink again? Mm. And so again, I looked at the Instagram accounts that I followed and, and you guys on thrive to see, to gauge what answers you can give people or, Again, and it's personal what feels right to you yeah. because you don't know and it is just one day at a time. And so I'd say, oh, well, I'm just going to see how long I can do. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like I say, I was very lucky that everyone was very supportive. Um, and obviously I think it's had a really positive impact, especially on um, my family here, being with the children, being more present, which was which was important for me as well when I stopped yeah yeah and I think you see some of those sorts of benefits sooner than you imagine I yes think. you know it doesn't have to take like six months or a year mm. before you start feeling present and switched on mm-hmm. and you've got to have that clarity and you just yeah, being able to reframe the experience of, oh, you know, I'm missing out to, well, actually, I'm, but, I'm, but I'm gaining all this this other really good stuff. Yeah. That can happen quite quickly, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it sounds like you um, just got into that, you got into the right gear. Basically. Yeah, just changed my mindset completely. Yes. Yeah, six weeks after I stopped, um, I went on holiday. It was the summer. Um which I was really worried about. Obviously, um, when you've got that relationship with the holiday and drinking, they go quite nicely together, sun, sea and sand and a drink. Yeah. Um, and I was going to a small um, town in Italy. So I was a bit worried they weren't going to have any uh, non-alcoholic drinks. They did. Uh, alcohol-free, sorry. Um, they did, fortunately. Um, and I even then, just six weeks in, there was a huge difference and experience to holidays that I'd been on previously for it for an example it hits 12 o'clock so I'd get a nice drink have a little nap in the sun wake up feeling fresh whereas previously you fall asleep maybe because you've had one too many and you wake up and you just feel awful and it's only you know three o'clock and you've got the rest of the day and especially when you've got children and I was with um my my wife's family as well so you've got to be You've really got to be present, and um, it was a great, great experience. Um, and I was really, really worried about it, but it was great. Oh, that's so that's so nice. Um, I know that that. I mean, even now, like, what are, what are we in? We're in January, mm. and there are 
people on the group or people that you know that I'm talking to already having those concerns about that yeah holiday yeah and that mm-hmm. holiday, which you, you know I totally understand um because the brain is always searching for evidence I think in this early journey yeah. it's kind of searching for evidence of why you can't do it um, yes because there's so much fear and anxiety around around quitting something that your brain has learnt to rely on in its eyes for survival yeah that way it's like no don't take that way and and Mm -hmm, these mm -hmm. are all the reasons why you can't do it anymore six months out they've got you've got Mm. all those pain um but there is so much to gain from a holiday when you're not drinking and you know it's it's I don't I mean I I went I was four months when I four months over when I had my first holiday mm-hmm. and I was looking forward to it obviously I had prepared for it you know yeah I, I yeah sort of, I, okay get your alcohol free options and mm-hmm. I'm gonna try and do more activity I'm gonna take these books to read and I and I loved reading through the books and having that time I, I didn't have my children on that holiday so I didn't you know have other mm-hmm. people to spend to mm-hmm. um, and it was just the most lovely time. I I, yeah. I couldn't believe every day that there was all this time in the day. Yeah, absolutely. But you just, I would have wasted before. Mm-hmm. Like, not even necessarily drinking too early, because I think um, on holiday, I probably was still a, a, a sort of four o'clock. Uh-huh. I didn't drink really early, but I would be thinking about it. Yes. You know? And I'd be mm-hmm. focusing on it. When when can I do it? When's it okay? When is it going to be all right to do it? You know, I've got to make sure I don't drink too much, though. I don't want to chum myself up. No, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so taking all that off the table, all that mental freedom, and just being able to work through the almost like the different phases of the day especially when you've got young kids yeah you've got the morning and then you've got the late morning and then you've got mm-hmm. lunch and you've got yeah. afternoon, then late <laughs> afternoon then tea time then dinner time then kind of after dinner and then pre-bed and you know there's it's almost like little blocks isn't it of mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. switched on and you know a game really yes yeah yeah and it's nice to actually find some enjoyment in those blocks rather mm-hmm. than that feeling of god when do they get to go to bed <laughs> yeah and it's that that stress that that's involved in drinking as well in most situations especially on holiday um where am i going to get my next drink from yeah and that again i think reflecting on it now it, it did become stressful yeah where are you going to get your next drink from oh i want a drink oh i want another one do I order another one because uh you know blah 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 hasn't finished their main meal so I might be able to get a cheeky one in before they finish and I think reflecting on that when it starts again with that habit and that stress then that's when it becomes a problem yeah 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 totally and I always remember the worst anxiety in that situation I would have is when is it my last drink Mm-hmm. So I would always, I, I, you know, like you, no, no off switch. Yeah. I mean, I could drink until I fell asleep or passed mm-hmm, out. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. No problem. Yeah. Uh, but then when you're in other company or yeah, I mean, I, I just, I remember, you know, I'd remember when the night would be coming to an end and that feeling of, but I don't want it to end. And yes, I need another quick, you know, I'm going to get a drink to walk back to the hotel room. Yeah. Yeah. It's just mental. 
really but was really normal for me yeah yeah absolutely you know pop into the petrol station on a night out to grab some cans of beers so you can take them home when you had more than enough for the evening but just can't stop yeah um and similarly like that doing that at the beginning of the night as well it was quite funny the other day I was at a um a petrol station and mm. there was uh, someone in front of me that was picking up um one of those miniature bottles of prosecco and it was kind of oh, yeah. six, six o'clock time mm-hmm. and I thought to myself um I wonder why that person you know needs that type of because mm. that's just like it's like a large glass isn't it like yeah 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 glass. yeah and I was thinking reflecting on myself when I used to drink that I would need one of those whilst I was getting ready like I couldn't yeah. wait to have the first drink when I'd met up with my girlfriends yeah. at 30, yeah. Yeah. I would need a drink by six whilst I'm getting ready and mm-hmm. it would be a really strong cider like there are the big ciders that you could buy oh, yeah 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 strong one of those or it would be I wouldn't want to open Prosecco or wine really as Prosecco because obviously it would go a bit flat so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a small bottle and it's just all that stuff isn't it yeah it's yeah like yeah literally planning to drink for every minute of mm-hmm. between six and midnight it's like you yeah. can't have an hour mm-hmm. once you get ready you can't have an hour I, I I would get into a taxi with sometimes a plastic cup with wine in yeah yeah I need to I haven't finished my drink or I need to stop journey. yeah it's just like yeah. Yeah, it's kind of bizarre, isn't it? Really, when you when you look back on that behaviour, mm-hmm. what was your once was your normal? Now it feels so. Yeah, it feels like you were out of control in that situation, even though you didn't realise, you didn't think you were. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, what was it like the first kind of hundred days for you? The first few months. What um what came up for you? What did you notice? What did you find find out about yourself? Well, there were definitely ups and downs, which um, was expected. I think the main thing that came out of it was that it wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. I can't remember when the switch was, whether it was straight away that it wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. Um, The hardest bit, and I know a lot of people say this, was the tiredness. And I have a one-year-old and a three-year-old, but this tiredness hit hard. Um, but it does, it does go and it doesn't last as long just as when you think, oh, I can't take this anymore. I'm just going to have a drink. Forget it. I'm done. You have to push through to get out the other side and it it won't happen again. It's just that short time. And then once you've done it, then you're through and and I'm, you know, completely fine now as fun as I can be with, with the kids. Um, it, it was very interesting to see, and I know we talk a lot about this on Thrive, how much alcohol is around you, mm. absolutely everywhere, how much it is romanticised, how much it is encouraged, wine o'clock, mummy wine. I mean, I don't drink wine, I drink beer, but so I don't see that as often. Mm. Um but it's just absolutely everywhere. Obviously, we've just gone through Christmas. That's a big, well, it was the summer when I gave up as well. So that's a big drinking um, hype for the supermarkets as well. Um, I remember somebody put on Thrive that there was, I can't remember which shop it was, Prosecco flavoured porridge. I remember that. Which just seemed madness that you're encouraging that. at break. I mean, I don't even know what that, that's not, 
Prosecco, that's not even a nice flavour. It's, it's just it sounds so disgusting. But having it at 6.30 in the morning is just, it, it's just crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. Um, so that was really interesting that, that we've just become accustomed to to our surroundings yes. and the culture behind it. I do think the culture is changing. Mm. Um, I think especially for people around mid-30s, people around my sort of age, I think it was we're quite um, boomers of drinking when we were at university. Mm. That sort of age, I think in our 20s, we drank a lot and still continue to drink a lot. Um, whereas younger people nowadays, some that I've met, not all, but the culture seems to be changing yes. a little bit. Um, but that but that was hard, you know, seeing deals on things, Um new things maybe that have come out or driving past a pub and things being promoted and and it is hard when you see it when the sun's out and you see people sit by the river having a nice cold pint but uh, what I found um, personally what I found really really helped me was um, alcohol-free drinks I know that's not for everybody but I, I did find that really helped me yeah. and fortunately because of the way that the culture is changing behind drinking it's becoming um a lot more accessible and I think it's going to get even better mm. um yeah. so uh, we're fortunate I think in that way um so that that really did help me just trying lots of different ones finding the ones that I liked so if I do want something or do get that craving then I can maybe have a an alcohol free beer. Uh, the, yeah, the times five till seven p.m. That time is crunch point. If I did have any cravings or just think, oh, you wanted to give up, or when you really did want a drink, that time getting home from work, it would usually be getting the kids ready to bed, ready for bed just have a, a a beer whilst I'm doing or a couple of beers of that or while you're cooking. But again, then I'd have an, an alcohol-free, it sorted my craving and then it passed. Yeah. And then you've got the evening ahead of you. Um, so that got took a bit of getting used to. Um, but like I say, it wasn't, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. There's so much good advice in there. Um, I think you just you summarize it really well that it's really tiring in the beginning that is yeah. I think that's something that just knocks people over don't mm-hmm. realize how tired they're going to get and yeah I, I, people also can have really high expectations too quickly yeah. and that's, the, yeah. that's something that can unravel in a negative way um but yeah, you're absolutely right. Just pushing through and getting through some of those earlier wobbles. Mm-hmm. That's the hardest bit. The first yeah. few months is the hardest bit. And then yeah. it doesn't yeah. get, it doesn't really, it doesn't really, unless you just put the drink down and never do anything to mm-hmm. change anything, you know, which is not advisable. But mm-hmm. if you work to get through the cravings and, you know, like you had a community in your pocket almost that you could yeah. draw from, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, podcast books, all that stuff, um, creating a new association. You know, I love the alcohol. Yeah. 
well in the beginning they say mm-hmm. me too you know like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. and then I kind of just outgrew them a little bit yeah I certainly used them in the first few months um and it was always around that five to seven o'clock mm-hmm. when I was cooking mm-hmm. dinner podcast on in my ears alcohol yeah yeah <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um but yeah the, the other thing as well that I really liked is when you were describing about noticing it all around you you know not not only is it around you physically and you become quite hyper aware of that I also think just the whole narrative Mm -hmm. of life and of of everybody around you as well yeah yeah I was watching so I just I'm quite late to this party I just started watching the traitors uh, oh yes so have I we didn't watch it that we didn't watch the last season so yeah we just started this one same so I just started I just started watching it and I'm in I'm in the second episode and there mm-hmm. was, um, and I really like Claudia Winkleman, you know, I think she's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there was a moment, I don't know if you picked up on it as well, but there was a moment in, I don't know, I think it must have possibly been the first episode, towards the end, they'd done a big challenge, all these people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was the first um, murder of that night. And yeah, yeah. People that don't know what this is, it's just it's just kind of a game show, really. So um, it's like murder mystery type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Claudia Winkleman said, right, now everyone can go back and have a drink. Yes. And I did notice the bar and that they were all drinking. Yeah. And it was like... I thought the same. These, you know, uh, really, uh, like, almost like appetising mm. bottles of cocktails. and But it was just the whole... It's the culture, you know? And I yeah. think those sorts of things, they really slap me in the face because I really pick up on that now. I'm just mm. so sensitive to it. Mm. Um and I just, I kind of eye roll in those situations. I think, yeah, I know they don't mean anything, probably, yeah. they don't mean any harm. Um, and people that drink probably think that we're being over the top, even talking about yeah. it. But it's that stuff mm-hmm. that assumes that in order to get through something big or deal with something that's coming, you've got to go and have a good drink. Yeah, right? absolutely. And it's, just like, it's just such bollocks. <laughs> Mm-hmm. that's the biggest problem that a hundred percent is the biggest problem you know people say to you you know how are you oh, I've had a bit of a stressful day or oh, you can go home and have a wine and they don't yeah. want to say oh actually I don't drink yeah because I don't want to get into that conversation but the amount of people that have said it to me yeah is astonishing yeah I can imagine I can imagine and also as well I can you know still feel it sometimes when I'm with people that I'm not with very often or acquaintances and and everyone is in that like well let's get the let's get the bottle of wine let's get the bottle mm. of champagne let's get the posh wine get the list get the that and then I'm sort of at the table the only one that's not drinking and mm. I can just sense with some people not all but yeah some yeah just sense the weirdness it's like oh mm. this person's not on our trade like Mm-mm. something's wrong with her you know yeah yeah I, I laugh about it now I don't take any of that personally at all mm. I've really worked on the um psychology that it's it's more about them not it's nothing about me and I, sure, I really yeah. get that but mm-hmm. if you're in those first weeks you can just you can understand how that would just be so challenging you know absolutely yeah yeah or they say you know oh and it's people that you would normally drink with and they say oh just have one yeah and you do you have you have to be strong in your mind because it will tell you oh yeah well if if I just have one that's not too bad I'm not I'm not gonna have three Mm. I'll just have one but then and we speak a lot about this on Thrive is then you play it forward yeah 
and you've had a bottle and you've got home and you're drunk or then you wake up the next day and and it's it's all awful and I think that playing forward it forward is it is really key when you do feel like you're getting a little bit weak or that you might fall off again Mm. is what will happen next because more than likely is you probably won't have one because that's why you stopped in the first place because you're not that sort of type of drinker um but it definitely it definitely is hard but I, I would say the more you well the longer you go and the more comfortable you get within yourself with being sober but the more you do it in situations and and learn how to deal with it is is really useful as well it is. It gives you a a confidence boost every time mm-hmm. I think you achieve something like that. And it is an achievement. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. every time you do that, it gives you a confidence boost. And that confidence really grows. And yeah. that's where the evidence cup comes in because, you know, it's the sort of visual way of being able to understand what that confidence means. You put a bit of evidence in your cup that you can do yeah. it, you can enjoy it, um, that, it, you know, you don't, you don't completely fall apart by saying, mm-hmm. no, I mm-hmm. can't have one or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the situation is. Yeah. Um, and like you mentioned earlier as well, the reality is those cravings, they come and go. Yeah. We don't actually hang around. And I think one of the biggest challenges with people in the early days is trying to separate their thoughts from themselves. Mm-hmm. Or not every single one of your thoughts. Your thoughts are just going to come up. They're going to show up. They're going to appear. Most of them are just going to come out of nowhere. Many of them are just the same thoughts you had yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> when people think they have a thought of drinking, oh, that's it. I'm not doing this properly. Or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, oh, I can't do it. Let's have a yeah. drink. And they take yeah. the action. Whereas actually, if you can pause in that moment and take a different action, which mm-hmm. is actually, I'm just going to open an alcohol-free drink or I'm just going to put podcasts on for 15 minutes to see if I can just kick them, yeah let it yeah work. you can do almost instantly you can get yes. rid of that craving if you just know how to channel it differently yes. yeah completely agree that's right so so much of it is down to having the right tools I think mm-hmm. having a little bit of that I suppose that blind faith that you can get to this point where it's so much better um yeah even if you don't know where that point mm-hmm. in time is mm-hmm. and then having the tools to cope and teach yourself because that's what it is really isn't it it's you're having to relearn mm-hmm. how to do all those things without drinking and yeah there's a lot of things to do mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and even sometimes in someone's first year or two years of being sober you haven't done all the things yet. yeah yeah might not have gone to a wedding or mm-hmm, something mm-hmm. like that so you just got to do those things and do them enough to realize that you can co- totally cope yeah <laughs> yeah without drinking and mm-hmm. not just cope but like enjoy it you know yeah tea, isn't it mm-hmm. and driving home that that is priceless it is in your car at the end of the night driving home getting your key in the door remembering your key you've got your phone and going up to bed <laughs> that that feels pretty phenomenal when that happens <laughs> it does. and it's really the simple things isn't it mm-hmm. I think it really is the simple things like I love 
taking off my makeup or washing yeah. my face at night. Mm-hmm. And I love night not eating crap because yeah, yeah. I'm drinking wine and hungry, not even hungry, just like that weird drinking mm-hmm. you get. You need nibbles. Um, I love being able to read a chapter of a book before I yeah. go to sleep. And mm-hmm. it's just all that stuff that I just think seems really boring if you say to someone hey stop drinking and you get to wash your face every night yeah. and you get to go to bed at a reasonable hour and read a chapter <laughs> of a book and get you know they go right okay yeah yeah um, because in comparison to dopamine heavy alcohol mm, that mm. probably feels really shit at first but yeah. you learn to love those things like mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. become life don't they yeah they yeah absolutely so yeah, it's quite it's quite funny how it kind of changes. But so, what would you say? Um, what's been your you know seven months tomorrow, which is phenomenal? What's what's your big? What are your big gains in not drinking? Um, the the biggest thing, and it's very cheesy, is the clarity in just everything, um, and being present. Yeah. And especially with the children, with the big busy life, obviously with work as well. And um, so clarity with work, focus, um, remembering more, doing more, not wasting time, the time that, that you gain, um, the money. I mean, I haven't saved it. I, I have technically saved it, but obviously it's been spent on something else. But, yeah. you know, still. Um Weight loss I've had, fortunately, um, which has been great. Um, better quality sleep, which is which is great as well. My sleep was awful for years and years and years. Um, and I wasn't a particularly deep sleeper. Lots of things would wake me up. Um, and again, I would think I need to drink to sleep. Mm. to be able to sleep but then you wake up at three then you might wake up at four and you feel a bit rough and you feel a bit foggy yeah so obviously I don't get those feelings in the morning anymore and I also get good quality sleep when I am asleep which then has that impact on again your focus and your clarity and 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 being there for everybody so those would those would be my biggest gains really yeah yeah, you cannot underestimate really amazing quality sleep. Yeah, know? yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's so funny. I think um, sometimes when I, because I sleep really solidly every mm-hmm. night, unless unless the toddler wakes up, um, uh-huh. and then obviously I'm up. But that doesn't mm-hmm. happen that often, really. Mm-hmm. Every, every, you know, maybe once every month or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's sort of like solid eight hours every night and it's yeah it's, you know when I don't get that if, if I if I wake up once or I have to wake up I think mm-hmm. oh god that's really bad sleep I can really yeah do yeah it. and then I think oh my god I was literally going to How bed did we do it? half 11 because mm-hmm. I was just I'd opened a second bottle of wine that mm-hmm. I shouldn't have mm-hmm. and you know crashing into bed having all that you know obviously when you learn about the effects of alcohol you you learn about the impacts on your sleep and how how bad it is yeah 3am thing and just waking up already tired the next day mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and it's just like I lived like that 
four or five times a week I was doing that for years and years Mm -hmm. and years and it's just so Mm -hmm. funny now I'm so precious (laughs) about I got seven hours and ten minutes it's good enough (laughs) yeah absolutely it's huge yeah it's funny how the goalposts change um and because you get used to a better life you just get used to a better quality pretty much everything you know yeah when you know, not to just always paint the perfect picture. Obviously, you've got the beginning bit to really get mm. through. But once you mm. do get through that, you don't flip-flop. You, no. you, know, you get through it mm-hmm. and you get to the other side. And then life feels more peaceful and mm-hmm. more content. Absolutely. Um, and you get yeah. used to feeling well. Mm-hmm. You get used to feeling well and operating at, at 100%, which is... Yeah different very different from being an enthusiastic drinker yeah um, <laughs> uh what's what would you say what's your top three tips then for for getting sober I mean to be honest you've shared so much brilliant stuff and I think someone that's in that position that if they're sober curious or if especially if they're in the early journey mm-hmm. early part of the journey they're going to get so much from this episode because you've covered mm-hmm. so much but if you had sort of three top tips, what would they be? So it would definitely be joining something like Thrive. Um, it's invaluable, the community on there. Obviously, your weekly Zooms are incredible. They're there every week. And if you are having a wobble or if you want to celebrate something that you've done, there is always, always somebody that will answer you, at least one person, yeah. always whatever it may be, or if you just need some words of encouragement, at least one person will will help you out there. Um, lovely, lovely people on there. You feel part of a community. Everybody's in the same boat. Everybody's there to help and support one another, which I definitely wouldn't have been able to have done as long as I have without those, without those women. So I'm very grateful to them. Um, my personal tip would be finding trying lots of different um alcohol-free alternatives finding the one that you like just to help those again in the beginning of the journey if that is something that you want to do some people I know don't like it um and obviously that's fine do whatever works for you will work for me it, it did really work for me um because I think the alcohol-free beers are pretty good yeah but I know other spirits and things might not be as great um but there's loads of cocktails that, um, or recommendations on Thrive that people put. Um, or if you follow Instagram accounts, again, they'll put up cocktails, mocktails, sorry, that that are great as well. If you just want a nice drink, because you might just want something nice. It doesn't have to be alcohol-free, just something a little bit different and not your bog-standard Coke, which sometimes I fancy as well. Yeah. Um, and getting an app. I like uh, numbers. I like seeing the progress so getting an app where you can put in every day that you've done it counts it up for you tells you how much money you've saved and how many calories you've saved and how many units which is disgusting when I look at it but it's still great to to look at and see how far you've come and those days just keep adding up and it's every time you go back to it you know sometimes a couple of days you might forget every time you come back to it that thrill that you get when you can keep adding those days that you've done I think that was very motivating for me um 
as well and and when you are comfortable really sharing that um with with thrive um when you're proud of yourself when you feel comfortable sharing those goals and sharing it with your family and friends mm. you know it's a tough it's a tough thing to do and and a lot of people don't do it and like i've said before the culture that we've created is is difficult to do this so be proud of yourself and share it with others definitely oh love those love those 100 percent. get a community wherever that is mm-hmm. that is i think just having like-minded people or just people that get it that that's one of the things you know because you can be the only person that stops drinking in your circle or yeah. your family mm-hmm. and so they don't get it you know, people don't yeah. get it like people that have stopped drinking or who are trying to stop drinking get it mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. so important love the alcohol free alternatives I agree I, I think it's amazing how many brilliant drinks are coming out more and more yep. companies mm-hmm. yeah like you say it doesn't have to be a replica of a cocktail I just think there's a lot more focus on the soft drinks industry yes. it's definitely yeah. growing it's growing massively um, yeah which is which is really reassuring and an app mm-hmm. to crown so i use uh i am sober what do you use oh what do i use um what's it called because i think i agree i i really liked that data so mine's try dry but it, it so it's based on tr- dry january but i use it for every day so it tells you the units you've saved money you've saved calories saved Interesting. and then just yeah each day you put in how many days yeah love it yeah I think that's some people don't love that but yeah. um but if you do like data I'm the same as you I love yeah. data <laughs> uh, and I you know I love any evidence to make myself feel good <laughs> absolutely yeah and, and you can you know when you can see it there as a symbol of it representing or everything that you've you've done I think that's great yeah I agree and sharing milestones yeah I think that's so important sometimes there can be a tendency and and we'll we'll see this in Thrive and I always try and pull people up for it they say oh you know I'm only five days like no five yeah. days bloody brilliant yeah. like yeah. you know any any days are brilliant mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. certainly in the beginning um it's important to share that stuff and yeah. I think naturally, a bit like I was saying earlier, that I just sort of naturally fizzled out alcohol-free um, beers and things, at least on a daily basis. Yeah. Help me. Um, I was the same with counting days. I think I got about, I think maybe it might have been around a year or something like that. And then I just, mm. I just, I stopped, I didn't stop counting. I just stopped looking. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and I would look maybe once a few weeks or mm. maybe a few mm. months and I'd be like, oh, Oh, I'm you know I'm such and such or I'd get a yeah yeah and these things you do they're great support systems all of these things in the beginning and I think it's also good for people to know you don't always need them forever you know yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's just right now it's just mm-hmm. you get strong until you find your feet and until you are just in that place where you're like that's it now I I don't get anything from drinking mm-hmm. I know I'm never going to drink again brilliant you know, then you don't need to be doing all these things religiously. Yeah. You can obviously yeah. do what you want, but mm-hmm. I know for myself, I sort of shifted into, I moved away from 
sobriety podcasts, like mm-hmm. sort of 12 to 18 months in. Um, sometimes I pick them up now just because I'm interested in them. But yeah, yeah. I, I moved more into self-development at that point. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, mm-hmm. I need to go a bit further in my journey around managing shame and things that were connected mm. to my childhood and mm. understanding how my brain works and just all of that stuff. And that's sort of, I sort of, I think sobriety stoked that fire for self-development genuinely. Mm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, sometimes I think people worry that, oh my God, I'm going to have to do this forever. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, no, it's just those tools. You need tools yeah. at the beginning of anything to help you develop or change something. And then once you're settled, you can release them a little bit. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, awesome. Oh, it's been so lovely to talk to you. And yeah, to honest, you. It's, been, it's, it's been a delight as well for me on a personal level because Thrive is my baby. And to know that it's helping people. Mm-hmm. It's great. Way. Yeah, it, it just, um, yeah, it's just really, like, it lights me up. You know, it makes mm-hmm. me feel so proud of it. So I'm, I'm obviously proud to have people like you in it as well because mm-hmm. it's it's the people that make it what it is. And um, so, yeah, so I know we mentioned this at the beginning, uh, before we came online, we were about uh, sharing your Instagram. Um, yes. So if you're open to it, and I know you said that you don't post lots of sober stuff, but sometimes people just like to reach out and say hello Mm-hmm. Uh, and they like to say I love the show you know and, and they just like to be able to do that so um you're happy for me to share your Instagram of course Instagram. yeah no problem so it's Jen J-E-N underscore underscore S-H-A-W underscore 20 so Jen underscore Shaw underscore 20 I was a bit of a mouthful actually <laughs> yeah well sorry about that <laughs> I was thinking, oh, am I going to be able to say this properly? Uh, this is that you see. This is what happens when you take a three-month break. <laughs> it's my own fault. Um, Jen, really lovely to connect with you. Thank you so much for making the time for me today. No, no problem. And, Thank you for um, having me. Yeah, it's been my pleasure. And, and congratulations on seven months tomorrow. I hope you're Thank you. And, Thank uh, you. Yeah, and to everyone else, thank you for tuning in again. And until next time, have a good week. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you're interested in being a guest, please contact me directly on Instagram by sending a message to at Sassy Sober Mum. You can also find helpful tools and resources on my website, sassysobermum.com. If you enjoyed the podcast and you want to spread the love, please like, share and rate the podcast. I really look forward to next time. See you then.